Uh, I'm going to be talking about something a little bit different. Uh, you know already we're talking about spaces, uh, so it's in this context we're talking about spaces, but I don't get to knock down walls as exciting as that would be as a project. I'd love to oversee something like that. Maybe that's the next thing I could be doing next year more. We can think about that. Uh, we're talking about a different type of space, uh, but spaces are all contextually, they're places, they're opportunities, they're uh, avenues for people to come into contact with Jesus. Uh, people who maybe haven't come into contact with Jesus yet, or maybe people who have understood something of Jesus, something of God, uh, but need to be welcomed in deeper. And so we're talking about that in the context of this. Uh, we are talking about young adults. So, yeah, yeah, this is very exciting, by the way. I've been hyped about this for a long time, but the opportunity has now arisen. Um, so the key group that the law is leading us to now, and like Mark said, we don't just kind of pick a map and put some dots in of where we think is a good place to aim. We, we strategically pray, uh, we seek God's spirit, uh, he stirs stuff within us and we move. Uh, and so he's been doing that in us, particularly around this age group, our young adults. So I'm talking uh, around 18 to 25s. Uh, young adults could be a little bit younger than that, could be a little bit older than that, but this is specifically that age group. Uh, but, but why is this age group so critical, I hear you ask? Uh, every age and stage of church family is vital, isn't it? We're not specialised in a certain area in a unique way. We're not saying this area of church life is better than any other area. Uh, we are all unique, we are all gifted, and we all have a special place in God's kingdom. Uh, but why in this age group are we looking at that? But I want to look at a Bible verse for help us to think about that. So we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And this is verses 11 to 16. Uh, and it says this. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers to equip his people for works of service. That the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure and the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infant, tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him... The whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Uh, now, my role here as a pastor is to oversee some of that stuff happening in our church family. Uh, as a church pastor group, uh, we oversee that for our zeros to 99 plus. Uh, that might be a 50-year-old, might be a fi uh, five-year-old. Uh, it might be a single, uh, it might be a parent, it might be both, it might be neither. Uh, we're here to support and oversee and to bless people as they grow in their walk. But notice in those verses, there's a collective responsibility too. Yeah, we're called together as a family, as a group, to do the work of ministry. Yeah, as pastors, we are enabling and equipping, um, but it's on us all as a family to do the work of ministry. And so as a group, we are empowered, we are strengthened to love and serve and bless and disciple one another. There's a phrase that's big in the vineyard movement, everyone gets to play. Some of us might be feeling familiar with that phrase. If you're not, then gain familiarity. Uh, the idea that at every age and stage of life, you are part of this journey. You are part of making things happen. We're doing this together. So why this age group? Why 18 to 25? Why now? 
there's two big reasons uh, and then i'm going to go on to a few others but two big reasons uh if you look around uh you might not spot many 18 to 25s uh a gap a void um points to a need doesn't it and so as a church family we are impoverished uh, by not having certain demographics represented so that's point one we don't have 18 to 25s gathered here in many numbers uh, the second thing is those who are here and we love you uh, we don't do a great job of nurturing and supporting and blessing you uh, we have lots of ministries set up for other age groups we do very well at under 18s uh, but there are some gaps in our ministry uh, there's particularly a gap that the Lord's highlighted with 18 to 25s. But I want to take this point at this moment just to say we have noticed the gap in 18 to 25s, but you might notice gaps el elsewhere in our church family. Uh, we are all on this mission together. Everyone gets to play. And so maybe if you spot a gap, uh, maybe that's the Lord stirring something in you to make a difference in that area. Come and talk to one of the church pastors and see how you can be serving to fill some of those gaps. But we're thinking about 18 to 25s this morning. Uh, so our headlines, there are not many 18 to 25s in our church family and the 18 to 25s in our church family don't get the support and discipleship they need. Uh, but there are other factors contributing to why 18 to 25s, why in this season of church in the UK, and you could say globally looking at statistics, uh, why is it now that we're wanting to focus on 18 to 25s? Uh, I'm going to use an analogy. Uh, some of you are flyers, frequent flyers. I'm not a frequent flyer, and I'm definitely not a frequent long-haul flyer. Um, if you're a long-haul flyer, then you might be familiar with the effect that tailwinds and headwinds have on a journey. Uh, you might be aware that if you're flying into a headwind, it just takes that little bit longer to get to the destination. So a seven-hour flight to America might be affected by as much as an hour. Uh, if you've got a tailwind, that's the idea that you've got a bit of a push from a gale. The wind itself is helping you in that direction. And so things are a bit quicker, things are a bit smoother. You'll shave off some of that travel time. Uh, now, there are cultural headwinds and cultural tailwinds that affect gospel progress. I want to look at these together. Uh, but as I do, as we do, I want us to be aware and hold intention these two important gospel truths. Uh, we're talking about tailwinds and headwinds as if God needs a hand or as if God's hindered. We know that's not true. We serve a powerful, good, mighty God, and he is not affected by culture. His gospel purposes are not slowed up or sped up by what's happening around us. But at the same time, we want to be culturally sensitive and aware of what's happening in the world around us so that we can speak into situations well and find opportunities to progress the gospel. And so I'm going to talk about three tailwinds and three headwinds. Let's start with the headwind, things that might slow up some gospel progress. Shrinking nominalism. Uh, you might be aware or you might not be aware that COVID's had a pretty big effect on people, uh, particularly in a church setting. Um, there's a group of people who might have come along to church uh, nominally, maybe Christmas, Easter, or maybe every other month to pop in and see what's going on in a church. Uh, that number of people has shrunk dramatically over the past two years. In 18 to 25, that has shrunk right back that there's less people nominally attending a church meeting. And as we know, sitting under God's word refines us, teaches us, highlights things in us. And so as we don't have that group of people coming along to church just off their own backs, we're not getting people hearing the gospel and therefore being able to respond to the gospel. So shrinking nominalism is having an effect in our church. Mental health. 
Uh, one study recently suggests that in students 18 to 25 year old, there's been a 450% increase in mental health issues. Yeah, people are struggling. 18 to 25s particularly are struggling. Uh, they're the group that have gone through maybe their GCSEs and A-levels in the environment of COVID. They've come out into adulthood, but in a way that looks very different to how they might have anticipated children. 18 to 25s have been affected in a way that means one in three students, one in three students got poor mental health. So shrinking nominalism, uh, mental health, and finally identity. Uh, we live in a time where try anything, be anything, do anything is the message of the day. Uh, and so people have. Uh, people have tried that in gender, in sexuality, in careers, in all sorts of ways, some good, some bad. And people are starting to notice there's clashing going on, that it's not working out in the way that they had envisioned. This idea of you can be anything, do anything, uh, is, is clashing in on itself. Uh, the opportunity to be anything or do anything is partly to do with uh, shoulds, though shoulds and shouldn'ts. Uh, we live in a culture where that gate's far more open than we have been previously used to. And we also live in a time where can and can'ts are far bigger. There's far more cans open to people. Um, not talking about a can of Dr. Pepper there, but far more opportunities for people to do what they want to. Uh, but young adults, therefore, are not as clear on their identity by the time they reach 21. 21 used to be a bit of a benchmark, didn't it? Uh, kind of 30 years ago of getting to that stage of adulthood and knowing your career, knowing your path, knowing your family plans, knowing all those sorts of things. Uh, but now phrases go around like 21 is the new 30. 30, should I say, is the new 21. Let me put it the right way around. The idea that by the time you reach 30, that's realistically with our cultural norms, the stage that maybe some of us might have been at when we reached 21. It's taking longer to develop through into adulthood. So we need to be aware of those things. Shrinking nominalism, mental health, and identity. I'm going to look at three cultural tailwinds. And this is incredible uh, across the church. There is an increasing openness to God. We've just been at a vineyard leaders gathering and some of this language has come from that. Uh, there is an awakening, there's a stirring, there's an awareness and a desire to push into God in young adults. And we want to lean into that. We want to make that as possible as people to find Jesus as we can. We don't want to be a hindrance or a hurdle. We want to be a highway. And so church is uniquely positioned to offer well-trodden paths of help and also experience of God. We can do that. We can be that. We're able to provide that. Openness to God. Uh, Realisation that the model experiment hasn't worked. Realisation that the modern experiment hasn't worked. Um, as I said already, the culture of being anything and everything is clashing on itself. There's polarization uh, and uh, division. Uh, the idea of tolerance uh, has gone so far that people now are intolerant of the tolerant. Um, so there's a confusion there in society. So something that might in some ways be a headwind also has tailwind to it. Uh, finally, our third thing, tumult and opportunity. With so much uncertainty, confusion and loose ground, the steadfast nature of the gospel is something we can offer people, hand out to people, show to people in our lives and in our church family. 
we have a stability in Christ that the world is yearning for and we can hold it out to them and we can hold it out to our young adults. But the time to act is now. Uh, so I'm excited. We're excited to announce as part of our Reach 23, we are wanting to create new spaces for our young adults. Uh, the vision for this, yeah. Uh, the vision for this, yeah. I've got a hallelujah in the house. Love that, Tiago. Uh, the vision for this is threefold. It's bigger than this, but it's partly this. Uh, we want to create a space to belong, uh, somewhere young adults are comfortable to be. We want to create, create a space to connect, uh, a place that's got strong relationships that are based in love. And we want a space to thrive, somewhere people can be transformed to live out everything God has in store. Yeah. Seeing how I'm doing for time. I think we're good. Okay. Uh, God provided amazingly for this. Earlier in the year, I was sat down and we're thinking about how we make this stuff happen. And obviously, we make things to happen. We need team around us. Maybe we need financial provision. We need different things to take place. Uh, and so I've been praying. Uh, the team's been praying and thinking about this for a little while. Uh, and we amazingly were gifted a large sum of money at the time that we were seeking God and pursuing for opportunities for young adults. Uh, and this lump sum of money has allowed us to do something which is really wonderful. So there's a bit of a celebration note for something that's taking place next door. If you don't know already, next door, uh, Ventureland and Youth Unite is taking place, which is where both groups are together across the whole of the other side of the building, doing all sorts of fun and games, connecting relationally and hearing about Jesus. Uh, and a guy who's really influential in that being able to happen and that to happen well is a wonderful guy who has moved from an associate youth pastor position to a full-time youth pastor position. And so I want to give a little whoop, whoop and clap to a guy called Paul Lee. Yes. Uh, if, you're, if you're watching this back, Paul, we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for everything you're doing currently next door with our young people. You are amazing. We are so blessed to have you as part of the team. Uh, so it means that with Paul full-time, it gives me a bit of a freed-up week. Uh, not entirely, uh, but some freed up time to be able to focus on our young adults. And so that gift, that provision has been able to make a way for me to be able to focus on our young adults. Uh, alongside myself is my beautiful wife, Charlotte, who's going to be volunteering and helping with young adults. Uh, and we've already heard her name already around the building, and we're going to hear it in the months and years to come, I'm sure. Yasmin, I don't know if she's in the building at the moment. Uh, she's been incredible already. And she'll be influential, I'm sure, with more things as the Young Adults Ministry grows uh, in many ways. Uh, but we've got to do much, and it takes many more names than the names you've just heard. Yeah, we've already said today, it takes us as a family, doesn't it? It takes us together uh, to bless, to serve, to nurture, to grow the church, and to grow 18 to 25s, it takes us all. Um, so the three areas that we're going to be focusing on and looking at with our group of young adults are these. Uh, there's one group of young adults who live, study, are permanently in St. Albans or the surrounding towns. Uh, they're here all year round. Uh, that's one group of adults. Some of them are in our church family already, some of them are not. There's a second group of adults, and they are the children in our church who have grown up as youth and progressed to adulthood. How do we as a church family love them well as they go to university and come back off term? which is three months of the year, by the way, you get nice breaks in uh, university. And then after university, how do we nurture them and how do we welcome them back in? Because uh, obviously they return on Christmas and Easter and summer, 
and they're too old to go to the youth space now, but they're not really fully integrated into the wider church family. So how do we love them well? How do we help them? Uh, so we're going to be thinking of people like Isaac and others who are growing up and just about to move to university and some already who are at university. How do we bless and support them? And this is an incredible number. Okay, so this is the third thing. So uh, you'll be aware of the university that's not far away from us at all. Uh, you might know how many students are in our university. You might know how many nations are represented, but here are some numbers. There are 32,000 university students just across the road from us, the University of Hertfordshire. Uh, within that 32,000, 13,000 of them are international students representing 100 nations. The nations are literally on our doorstep. There's an opportunity to reach nations that we might not be able to fly to, travel to, speak into, because we can serve and bless students when they're here, teach them about Jesus, and they're empowered to go back to their countries. The massive opportunity there on the university front. Uh, I've already started conversations with Fusion and UCCF. You might be aware of those organizations. They work with churches and work with students. They're all about university age. So conversations happening there, which is really exciting. Um, There are just a lot of young adults to reach. Uh, Mark, I might be putting in a budget re budget request next year for a, a young adults pastor, maybe two. We'll see how much we grow, right? If the Lord blesses it and there's a need there, if we're reaching people and Jesus' name is being made famous, let's lean into that. Uh, so some of the practical things that we'll be doing, we'll be running some social events, some stuff after church on a Sunday. We've already had a few dinners at pubs together. Uh, we'll be doing stuff on a Friday evening as well, just gathering socially with one another. Uh, we're going to be starting and growing connect groups. There's already one that's bubbled up. It's meeting for the second time tomorrow night. Uh, just throw that word Yasmin out again. She's been incredible. She's a little powerhouse. Um, and this is a really exciting one. And the timeline is not fully defined, but we think September start. We want to start in September a young adults evening service. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we want to bless and serve all of you as our church family, um, but we want to think about how 18 to 25s might get an evening that is focused on them, to disciple them, to love them, to nurture them, to bless them, and to grow them. And so those are some of our initial thoughts on young adults, things that we'll be running. A um, couple other things, but we can skim past them because I'm super aware of the time, and I'd love to spend a moment just waiting on God at the end of this. Uh, you might be asking, how can I be a part of this? I guess three headlines, uh, praying, um, partnering, as in spending time with these young adults yourselves, praying, partnering, and finance. Those three things uh, are the bedrock, aren't they, of growing ministry and discipling growing people. And so maybe you'll be someone who wants to pray into this, and maybe you want to be on emails to find out what's happening, so you can be praying. Uh, maybe you're someone who thinks, do you know what, actually, I have walked my Christian life. Uh, for many years, some of you have been walking for 20, 30, 40 years. Uh, the idea of drawing alongside someone who's in their 20s uh, might be something that you can really bless in a mentoring context just to support them and nurture them. And part of this vineyard leaders gathering that we were at um, pointed me to a resource by someone called Ruth Perrin. Uh, it's a scholar based up in Durham and said that in some recent studies that she's been a part of, uh, she found that those who thrived in their faith through their 20s all had an older friend in the church. Yeah. Uh, if you're a guy, maybe you could invite someone out for a beer who's 10, 20 years younger than you. 
if you're a woman, maybe you could meet up with them, invite them out for a beer or whatever you do to hang out and get to know one another. Or your afternoon tea is quite appealing. Uh, not to say guys can't go for afternoon tea as well. Uh, spend time with one another, connect with one another. Do you know, some of the people who've really blessed me in my life, and I'd like to think maybe I've been a blessing to them, have been people much older. Um, there's a family that Charlotte and I go and visit each year up in the Lake District whose children are now teenagers. Um, but I got to know the family when I was in Liverpool about 20 years ago. And we got to know each other really well then as I was a student. And we've just journeyed together for many years. And so maybe there's people that you could look out for. Maybe there's people you could connect with. So pray for relationally at a finance. Uh, the reason why we're able to step into this so quickly is because someone was led by the Lord to give. And maybe God's going to put that on your heart. Maybe you're someone who financially can provide as we move forward in this way. So, you want to join the Jesus on his mission? Yeah, this is very cool. Uh, can, I, can I ask you to stand, please? Is that okay?